0: everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. Supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. To learn more about the PNWA, you can go to pnwa.org. I hope you've had a chance to check out my new podcast, Fearless Writing with Bill Knauer. It's on YouTube. It's on all your favorite podcasting apps. It's not I'm not going to tell you how to find your characters or how to have a snappy opening or I mean, nothing wrong with that. No, this deals with all the emotional challenges of writing. How to find your confidence every time you sit down to write. That's something you got to find every time you write. And that's what it's all about. So, if you haven't checked it out, please go check out Fearless Writing with Bill Knauer. Speaking of Fearless Writing, that was kind, that was the feel of my conversation I had with today's guest, Janice deal. What an enthusiast. What a high-energy, fun person. So glad I got to meet her. Janice is uh, the author of the novel The Sound of Rabbits, which came out last month, and two short story collections, The Decline of Pigeons, which came out in 2013, and then an upcoming linked collection called Strange Attractors. The Decline of Pigeons was a Flannery O'Connor Award finalist, and The Sound of Rabbits was a finalist for both the Many Voices Project Annual Competition And the Black Lawrence Press Big Moose Prize had received an honorable mention in the 2021 Landmark Prize for Fiction. Yeah, she's a good writer and just loves fiction, loves to talk about it. We had a great time, she and I, and I'm so glad I get to share this conversation with you now. Enjoy. Okay, listen, we've got a newly minted novelist Janice Deal here with us today Janice how are you doing
1: i am great bill thank you for having me
0: oh it's my pleasure um you've been at this writing thing a little while i get the impression um the sound of rabbits is first published novel but but not your first work let's but before we get to the short stories let's back up just a little bit was writing and stories sort of always part of your life, even going back to your childhood? Or is it something you came to later on?
1: Oh, great question. Um, I was always a reading kid. You know, mm-hmm. I would go to the library, bring home the stacks of books at nine. Usually they were about animals. and um, <laughs> um, But I came to writing, I would say I'm more of a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. in the writing department, what happened was I had a job as a writer and editor at a travel magazine in Chicago. And I took a journalism class just to hone my skills. And I realized to my delight, how much I loved being back in school. So after the journalism class wrapped up, I was like, you know, just on a lark, I'm going to take a story writing class. That seems fun. Wow. And so I took a story writing class through Northwestern here in the Chicago area with a fantastic professor, Fred Schaefer. And Bill, I don't know if it was just, you know, timing is everything, but I took this class, the cylinders were clicking, and when the class wrapped up and Fred invited me to be part of a story writing workshop he runs, I was like, I am so in.
0: Wow. 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 that's
1: where it began
0: okay so not to get too personal but how old were you at this time just to get a general sense
1: I was probably let's see I was probably in the, my early 30s oh, so um nice. I had and and I do want to just say as an aside I had taken a creative fiction class in college you know during my yeah. undergrad years and I did fine at it but I didn't really feel like I had anything to say. So apparently some time had to pass before I felt like I had something, you know, that mattered to me. Interesting.
0: And so it wasn't so much the form that that didn't excite you, but but you needed you have to have have something. You gotta have something that you turn to. And there was really nothing at that point that was burning that you burning to say or to explore. And,
1: And it's you know, it's so funny because it was in college that I was introduced to some of the writers who ended up being super influential to me in terms yes. of um you know that that energy and one of them you know raymond carver
0: sure oh i see that i see that oh my god collection
1: <laughs> <You know>, <laughs> cathedral yeah and um a few years later um i think it was oh gosh maybe 1990 i got introduced to the short stories of alice Monroe. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Bill, you know, both of them, they, both of these authors are grounded very deeply in everyday people and everyday situations. And I think I saw they opened the doors for me that even very day to day people with ordinary issues, their human issues, there's something to say there
0: yeah you know I will say that this is i know this is odd, but when I read Ulysses or started reading Ulysses when I was a young man, you know there was, it's a it's an intimidating book and it's I, frankly I think it's got a lot of nonsense in it in my i i think there's aspects of it which are well, some of my best friend will kill me for saying that but 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 The thing I loved about it was he, James Joyce, could take anything and bring and find the poetry in it. He just in every moment. And I really thought there was something spiritually profound about that, honestly, because I thought, yeah, nothing doesn't deserve the poet's eye. There's no moment that's insignificant if you see the significance. And so I think it's a big part of the... Some writing of certain kind of writing. I think it's a crit. It's a it's a big discovery of certain kinds of writers. And really, kind of kind of, doesn't it validate your own life? Because let's face it, if you're a writer, you spend a lot of time doing nothing. You spend a lot of time <laughs> just being a boring That's life, sad. right? You're not, yeah, right. You're just sitting there most of the time, reading and talking. It's so
1: important, yeah, yeah.
0: But it doesn't matter. So yeah. all right, so. uh That's interesting. And so you're in your thirties and now life has begun to happen a little bit. There's been some ups and downs, usually twenties. I think, you know, I am as old as I am and I wouldn't mind. I I actually don't want to be a day younger. I don't want to be 25 again. I think it was so hard in many ways, right?
1: Oh, Bill, I'm right there with you. You know, whatever, whatever chapter we're in, we may as well just embrace it and and go with it, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what is it, when you began writing fiction, what is it that for, in terms of content that began, because Andre Debus, I love Andre, and he talked about voice. He was the first guy, person I heard talk about voice in terms of, it's not just the language, but what you're choosing to write about is, is a big part of your voice. I really agree with that. Um, and so what got your attention? What is it you felt... W- Was it just the everydayness of life that suddenly you said, I think this matters, I want to write about it?
1: It's um, definitely inspired by the fact that you just put it so perfectly, everyday life can make for profound writing. But also, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm trying to remember who said this. I read an essay about writing, and the writer mentioned how as successful creative beings, we need to write about what matters to the bone. And, um, so you know, somebody can say to you, "Bill, Jan, you know, you should write about dogs or whatever, <laughs> and you know, and if we don't care, it's gonna show right, and so, um, it's not like I consciously sat down and thought, I'm going to write about X, but one theme I do see in my work, it crops up again and again, unbidden, is the theme of loss and i think it's just such a human thing you know if we live long enough we're all going to experience it we're all going to face it and that is something that i think matters to the bone for me
0: yeah and really it's it's i always think life poses you a question like Actually, it's interesting you say that, because this was a, a few years ago, I got this theory going, and I really kind of wrote it for a while, which is that every writer has a question they're answering on some level. And I remember I, I was talking to a novelist friend named Deb Coletti about it, and I said, is it safety for you? And she's like, yeah, it's all about what is safety. And I think and I think that's significant, that we have this thing, we're sort of like, well, what is it? Because you're not going to experience it, so what is it? How do I make sense of it? How do you make sense of it? Because you don't want to just complain about it. You don't just want to weep about it. You don't just want to be scared of it, but you want to make sense of it right you want it to have some it 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 can't just be something that is totally mysterious it has to be not intellectual does that make sense not intellectually understood but you've got to make sense of it
1: and and in fact oh my gosh that phrase you just used to make sense of it don't you find as a writer you know we explore things you know for me it's fiction so i'm exploring situations with my characters and i'm helping them make sense of their world yeah. but i feel like in the process i'm also making sense of the real world um oh. you know uh you know there are so many things and i mean isn't that one of the great things about life is there's always going to be mysteries out there but i think as a creative person whatever it is we're creating whether it's writing or painting or music it's kind of helping us navigate this beautiful, weird
0: world. 100%. 100%. Because I I write personal narrative. And I, I help people write memoirs. I work with memoir students. And, and, I, and what I've come to understand about memoir is the reason we tell mom memoir is something happened to us or something happened that we were part of. And in our attempt to make sense of it, we created a bad story. I'm not good enough. No one loves me. I can't be safe. I can't be vulnerable. That's how we made sense of it. And it yes. caused us pain. And the memoir is to go back and to actually, what I think of is tell the story correctly. And that, oh, what did we look at? What did that death mean? What did the rape mean? What did the addiction mean? What did why why? What did it really mean? Not what we because usually, I'm sure I know for myself. I have come to some strange conclusions about how I could feel valuable, how I could feel lovable, and it was always wrong. And, it was, yeah. and that was where the pain came from. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's... And your
0: characters the same way. If they had everything figured out, there'd be no, there'd be nothing. They've got to have some bad ideas about how they're going to be happy, and then they explore it, right?
1: Oh my gosh, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, there's that whole, there's that whole idea of you know, you have a character, you put them in a room. Are you yeah. going to put them in a room with their best friend or with someone who's going to push all their buttons? The latter. That's where the story. is.
0: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I. It's one of the funny things about writing, which is we don't want trouble in our life. Nobody wants a problem, and yet we sit, we take characters we love, and we say, "What's the worst thing that could happen?" (laughs)
1: Oh my God! I know it's so mean, right? Well, I (laughs) will say (laughs) in my
0: own life, because I write about my own life, when something is happening that I don't like, I've got this operation coming up. I don't want to do this thing, but my mom already said to me, "Was going to be some good essays coming." I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, it's (laughs) they're going to (laughs) come because it's something (laughs) I don't want, so therefore, it's going to be a good essay." Uh, oh, my
1: gosh. So
0: true. It's totally true. So all right. So we, this is your third published book. The first two, we've got uh, The Decline of Pigeons. <laughs> I, I haven't read it. Lots but of animals. I'm gonna
1: have,
0: I have to. And then uh, Strange Attractions. But um, so I, those were both short story collections. Uh, did you at first pursue the short story in earnest, really, to the exclusion? Or were you experimenting between poetry and fiction? Like, what was the initial form you were most interested in
1: oh my gosh great question um I began with short stories decline of pigeons came out in 2013 and strange attractors that one's going to be coming out this fall so that's one that That actually hasn't come out
0: yet oh okay
1: still 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 excitedly pending but Ah. the novel perhaps you will be unsurprised to hear it began as a short story and um it began as a short story and it was a really long short story i was in fred's workshop and there were so many characters and so many plot lines and man fred is the best at one point he said you know jan i think you might have a novel here and um, once i got my head around that i realized how at least for this story for ruby's story Um, it was so liberating because all the other characters in this narrative, this suite of characters, they all got a little bit more, you know, elbow room to say what they needed to say.
0: Yeah. You know, I've I, I really never felt at home in the short story, but interestingly, what I write are short nonfiction pieces, which tend to be about the length of whether a chapter in a book or, and just an essay that are short. And the thing about the length of the pieces I work on is I can really hold them in my mind, sort of. I can kind of understand them like a song or something from it. But the novel or, or the mem- full memoir, you can't do that. Like you really cannot hold it. So I would think that would have been difficult because when you have the short story, it's really one bang. It's one, usually it's a tight thing and it's got to be, right? You get in, you get out. Exactly. But the it's novel, a-
1: Oh, very well said. In fact, my um, uh, one of the things I discovered when I was working on the novel, you know, Bill, when I write short stories, I never write an outline. It's just, it's a very organic process. It kind of, you know, emerges um, uh, almost surprisingly with the novel because it was such a, you know, marathon, not a sprint. um, I thought it gave me a little bit of, Solace to give myself some structure. And so I made a very, very and I'm underlining rough (laughs) outline. Yeah. Um, It was so just like kind of like a really blurry map. So that if I found myself going too far off the road, I could kind of rein myself back in. I, I just had this fear that I'd be, you know, going off on some crazy tangent. And then two years later, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this has nothing to do with my story. So I had this kind of grounding outline. And oh, my gosh, to your point about your essays, like one way that made the novel form navigable for me is, well, one of the things you probably noticed is this book, this novel is told from different perspectives. And so you have chapters from different characters' perspectives, and it made it so much more um, manageable to me. I don't know if you ever saw the show, um, Kimmy Schmidt, but there's this- Oh,
0: love Kimmy Schmidt. Oh my gosh. Love this Kimmy Schmidt. Awesome. Remember <laughs> the
1: scene where, you know, she's talking about how she had to do that mysterious crank and nobody knew what the crank was Yes, for. that was one of
0: my favorite moments. It's the man cave. She's powering the man cave. I'm sorry to our <laughs> listeners who didn't watch Kimmy Schmidt. It's a great show. It's on Netflix. Watch it. But yes, that was the reveal.
1: So good. And she would just say, okay, all I have to do is 10 minutes or whatever. Right. right. The One more crank. Yeah. And so what I would tell myself is, all I have to do is work on Len's chapter. Let's dig right. deep into Len. Let's figure out right. what his deal is. And so really, I what I had was these chapters from different perspectives, cropping up like mushrooms and at different points, once I had a selection, I and you know I had that like super rough outline. I kind of would like string the chapters together in different ways and see how they talk to each other.
0: So and, you kind um, of were writing. Like, you you your your short story mind was still in operation a little bit because you could kind of treat the chapters like I'm gonna because because a chapter in a, in a novel. It has to be connected, obviously, but it can be its own thing still. You have it sort of stand a little bit. It has to have its own flow to it, its own arc to it. And so, and in that way, they're probably about the length of a short story. So you you could kind of do it. You could kind of lean back on your short story writing. Is that fair?
1: Oh, Bill, that's very fair. And yeah. it was, I can't think of the right word, but it was like, it was just a solace. Like, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to write this chapter from Len's perspective. And then we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens next.
0: You know, I don't know if this was deliberate just for this book. because I haven't read your short story, so I don't know. But reading it, I thought this is an interesting stylistic approach uh, in that it seems like, and again, I don't know if this was unconscious or conscious, but it seems like Janice Deal is seeing how much she can leave out. There is a sense of like, let me experiment a little with what I can leave out. And I think that's a huge artistic uh well it's everyone ha- we all have to see what we can leave out. But it seemed like you were curious about what if I could what about that part that I always put in? Let me not have that in there. Or maybe that's how you write all your stuff. Is this resonating with you?
1: It's oh my gosh, Bill, such a perceptive comment. I am uh I am drawn to other authors, I am drawn yep. to books, and I'm a huge movie buff, and I'm drawn to movies where with some notable exceptions, like in movies, you know how sometimes they'll be like the voiceover and they explain everything, and I get so impatient. Now, now that's not always the case. Like right, right. and I, we just saw the movie Sisu, and I needed oh, that man. initial.
0: Oh, I haven't voiceover. seen it. I haven't seen it. Yet. Okay.
1: Oh my gosh, man, it's so good. What's it
0: called? Sisu.
1: It's called Sisu, and it's this okay. Finnish film, and this oh, okay. director. I think he obviously really loves quentin tarantino i think tarantino Ah. is a um is a a, it's an homage to his work
0: i see Um,
1: but there's this it's set in world war ii in 1944 Mm. and the voiceover grounds us in this scene in finland and i'll tell you bill i didn't know any of that i turned to david and i'm like is that
0: true? <laughs>
1: Let's look it up afterwards. But you know, uh, okay, so in that so, case,
0: you liked it. In that case, yeah, in worked. that
1: case, I liked it. But you know, oh my gosh, you know, just hearkening back to Raymond Carver,
0: yeah, the well, master he's the king. He's of leaving king, stuff uh,
1: out, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah i I'm interested in, you know, and the challenge is, of course, you decide what to leave out, but you don't want readers to be
0: just. Nope, that's, that's,
1: shoulders.
0: That's, nope, that, What's is going on? that is the challenge. That is the challenge. I have a client who's a very sort of famous stand-up comedian, and so we talk. I talk to him about he really wants to write essays, so I'm helping him with that. And but I was like, it's interesting to me because comedy, the comedian, it's leaving out is everything in comedy. That's where the joke happens. Yes. If they otherwise, you are literally explaining your joke, and it's not funny. <laughs> and I always think that's what when I'm trying to help my beginning students understand showing and not telling, I use humor as in other words. You don't want you have to say just enough so they get it, but not yeah. so much that you're explaining it. And that's where the artistry comes in. And there's going to be people, Janice. I'm sorry, there's going to be people who read your book who won't get it. We're going to be like, what? 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 <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. But that's what you're going to do.
1: And it's that you know um, that leads to that whole idea of you know as artists, as writers, as comedians, we're trusting the audience that they're with us enough yeah. that they're going to connect those dots
0: yeah yeah i watched it I, my my youngest son's on the spectrum and so and he, he just wouldn't catch on certain especially when he was younger he just because of the, how he operated with the world there's a lot of stuff he just didn't know about just how things operated so he would watch movies and get so lost because they were leaving stuff out and he did not get what the hell they were leaving out especially on social interactions and so watching a movie with him was really instructive to why what happens if the person isn't up to speed, you know, on put things in context.
1: Yes, Yeah. So it, all right,
0: did you like writing? I mean, the end of the day, were you like, I am never going to do this ever again. I am never going to write something longer than 5,000 words. So help me God. Or were you intrigued by it?
1: Oh, I was definitely, Bill, I was definitely intrigued. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that when I started sending the novel out, what did I return to? I returned to short stories and I think there is an element. And again, this wasn't conscious, but stories are where I began. They're my wheelhouse. And there's also that element of when you're working on a novel, as I think we mentioned earlier, it's a marathon short stories. You can be writing several at the same time, different points of development. And it's like, oh, you know what? I don't feel like visiting the, um, you know, cat story today. I'm going to go to this other one. And also, you know, you finish a 20 page story sooner. You can send it out. You don't have to wait for it to be in a book. You can send them out to literary magazines. So you get right. that little endorphin rush. Right. Yeah.
0: And you get, the, and you finish something. You get yes. to finish something. Really, I like to write songs and I get to finish the song. Like I get yep. to like, I just finished one this morning. I'm like, ah, that's satisfying. But this because, well, actually I write so many short pieces. I finish things all the time, but a lot of writers, I don't know if you ever teach, but a lot of beginning writers don't know how to finish emotionally. They don't know how to finish psychologically. They don't know how to finish. They don't really, they're not willing to call it done. I think you have to learn how to finish.
1: Oh my gosh. yes. Because
0: It just, on what it actually means, how it's not as satisfying as you think, but you accept what finished means. Does that make sense?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause there's this thing, right? This song, this story, this book, yep. it's in your head. It gets out on the page. Sometimes we get pretty cl- close. Sometimes it's close enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, but it's really, because I, I mean, I think one of the things we have to deal with as artists is we're evolutionary beings. And so whenever I'm living and writing, I keep changing and this who I was when I started a story might not be exactly so, or something has become sparked, and next the new thing is already interesting to me, and yep. so this story can't satisfy where my creative drive is headed. Kind, does that make sense? Yes, and you, and, and, and that you can't call it bad because it's not just because you haven't satisfied the thing that's yet to be written.
1: Oh my gosh, exactly, and that goes back to the whole what we were talking about earlier, um, working on what matters to the bone if this story if this song isn't giving us that that yeah. energy um we probably need to be looking at something else
0: it's it's great advice uh i am the patron saint of doing some things that didn't matter entirely to the bone and seeing How far I could take it before I finally accepted it wasn't going to work. I thought, I really, I I realized now I had this thing where, like, I will take my imagination, which was pretty lively, and I'll just point it at whatever I want it to do, and it will bring me success. And it doesn't work that way. Turns (laughs) out it's not that you sort of the other way around. But I really thought, no, I'll just go do that, and I will be successful at it. Nope.
1: It's, um, oh my gosh, you know, but. (laughs) We we gotta try, right? Yeah. I guess.
0: I guess I, I, I really admire my wife, who's also an artist and a writer, and she cannot do anything unless she is absolutely interested. And so she she had a lot of admiration for me. She said, Well, it seems like you can just write anything. I said, Oh yeah, I can. She said, I can't unless I'm absolutely interested. In retrospect, I wished I was I was more like her. It would have, well, no regrets. No regrets. I the path I regrets, followed. Is <laughs> But I, I was going to say, but here's my, you don't need my advice, but just really like whatever comes easiest, if it's easiest, I really believe in easy. Like if it, if it feels natural, then don't fight it. Don't fight it. You don't have to be a novelist. I mean, if another one comes, great, but not who cares, you know? It's,
1: and, and you know, I feel like, you know, we kind of just trust our guts. Um, the project I just finished, I guess I was trying to hedge my bets. It's a novella. So, yeah. you know, that- Oh.
0: That oh, that oh the novella theme
1: that exists somewhere between a long short yes, story yeah. and a novel so yeah yeah I guess I'm trying a little bit of everything
0: I feel like the novella would be served with padding some short stories around it or something you know just so <laughs> yeah. it, just so it looks right on the bookshelf or something oh, yeah
1: God. yeah so it's thick enough right thick enough
0: just yeah absolutely all right well okay so this, so you, this is your first novel it's been out for a month again to everybody it's the sound of rabbit rabbits rabbits the sound of rabbits um have you gotten to go be an author and go do the thing and stand there and talk to people about it and all that have you gotten to do it
1: oh my gosh bill yes and yeah. um uh Perhaps the most surprising thing to this introvert is how greatly fun it is. Yeah. Um, You know, we had a couple of events here in the Chicago area, and last week we went down to um, Raleigh, North Carolina. That's where my publisher's based, and I had an event with two other Regal House authors there. And I think what really surprised me is, and maybe it's in this post-COVID era, but how great it is to be in a room with a group of other people oh man energy right
0: oh you know i'm a teacher and i finally did conferences again last fall and I, mean, yeah. I was standing in this big room we was really well attended and i was like god i forgot how much i missed i mean i love teaching i've taught some big zoom classes but it's sure. not even remotely close to having a room full of people it's oh great. my
1: gosh that that energy and it's and great that, joy and um there was you know that great dynamic um people ask terrific questions
0: they do because I will tell you I've been to author events and sometimes yep. they don't ask anything <laughs> oh my gosh
1: oh my gosh yeah it's um I was really Bill I was really gratified that's some great Very awful questions and you know they make you think about your work in a slightly different way also yeah.
0: I I would imagine usually for the author events, it's a mixture of talk to me about your book and talk to me about writing kind of, because usually there's an author, aspiring author or two in the audience, which is, I think, a great opportunity for you to to be, uh, you know, teacher, guide, help a little bit, yeah?
1: Yes, and um, just, you know, kind of a, um, I'm living proof that this happens. Yeah, I
0: see, but they don't, they don't, see, you're standing there saying, look, if I could do it, (laughs) <laughs> anyone can do it but they don't see it that way they see someone up there behind the podium behind a mic and they've just been introduced no you've always had this success your whole life you you always knew but they don't understand it's hard for them to understand that you feel like I can't quite believe I'm living the dream right it's it's but they don't see it I don't think it's,
1: and Bill isn't that part of some of your books address that right is reaching out
0: to others yes, yes, yes.
1: and saying we're all in the same boat oh.
0: That's what I that's what I do. I, talk, I have found the writer, their poor, scared, <laughs> worried little hearts to be one of my favorite audiences, I have to say. I do love it. Well, that's great. So you're having a good experience. I'm so glad. It's a wonderful book. Uh, you. You, it showed a tremendous amount of work. So good on you. And whether it's another, I know the next one is a connected series of short stories. So It's almost like a novel, almost like a novel, but not, but whatever. What?
1: Very, very perceptive, though. I mean, you know, maybe it's no coincidence that the stories were linked after I wrote yeah. a
0: novel. I think connected short, short stories is one of the coolest art forms because I, I don't know why I've always wanted to write a series of short essays that were connected like a connected series of short stories. I just I love that format. I always loved A Movable Feast, which was like a connected series of little short oh, essays. I thought yeah. that was wonderful. Anyway, so I think it's cool. Who cares what I think, but I do. So write more of those. If yeah, only, man only to please and, me.
1: You know, and you know what's so cool about it too is in the case of linked stories, you've got the individual stories, they can stand alone. Yeah. But for the readers who make the connections, like maybe this one character just walks on, it's this little Easter egg, right?
0: I love it. I love it. And I, you know, I think I love it is I, I, so this is to get philosophical. I think it speaks to the interconnectivity of life. That, yeah. that that there's this huge web that we can't perceive but is absolutely in operation about how we make and how we find each other and how we get to where we are and i feel like short connected short stories kind of hint at that a little bit they find exactly. that right that tissue that we can't perceive in our lives
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. I, um, uh, I just finished reading this book by Emily St. John Mandel, the glass hotel okay. the author of station 11. And I've read three of her books and they all have that. I love what you just said, that interconnected tissue. Yeah. yeah. And you can enjoy the book separately, but when you catch, oh my gosh, it's Miranda again. Right. Right. Station 11. Right. It's, it's exciting.
0: I, yeah, I'm, I'm a tall, I'm I'm such a nerd for that. I just, I, I dig it. So good on you. I look forward to reading uh, Strange Attractions or Strange, was it, is is it? Oh, Strange Strange
1: Attractors. Strange
0: Attractors. Okay. Strange Attractors. I look forward to it. Uh, Thank you. Good luck with this book, but I'm not quite done with you. Got one more question. Okay. Okay. Think about all the writing you've done short and long. And if it's taught you anything, it's taught you what?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, I would say patience and compassion. Um, Patience, because of all the things we've talked about working on a novel, you know, marathon, not a sprint. Um, You patiently just keep on plugging away. Um, Compassion, just because no matter the form, when we're kind of harkens back to what you were saying about um, uh, just When we have to untangle what matters to our characters, I think it helps us unpack a little bit about what it means to navigate this world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Janice, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you and congratulations.
1: Thank you so much, man. It's it's been a, a delight.
0: Patience and compassion. You know what? You can never be too patient. You can't be too compassionate. That's true for me. Can't be too patient. Can't be too compassionate. So just keep learning it and learning it. Wasn't that fun? Yes, it was. I'm going to tell you it was. At least I had a lot of fun. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And until next time... Be patient with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself and with others, but with yourself. And one of the best ways to feel like you have enough time to feel friendly towards the world is to do something you love. That's right. So go find something you love to do and do it.